Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Historically, we've had gaps last about three years from where the Fed started increasing rates to when they started reducing rates. And this go around, the Fed started increasing rates in March of 2022, so we're about a year and a half into it. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest-running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Ash Patel, and this is an episode of Beyond Multifamily, where we dive into topics other than multifamily investing. We just received word that Jerome Powell indicates that there's likely going to be another rate hike in 2023 and likely additional hikes in 24. This is contrary to what a lot of real estate and Wall Street people had anticipated. Matter of fact, just last week and this week, I read many articles where experts anticipating that rates would start coming down in 2024, and this is obviously not going to be the case. Best ever listeners, please keep in mind that everything I say is my own opinion, and I could be drastically wrong or I could be right. And honestly, anybody that forecasts the future, take it with a grain of salt because there's contradictory advice everywhere out there. The Fed indicated that their target is to achieve a 2% sustainable inflation rate. Now, pre-COVID, the inflation rate hovered just above or just below the 2% line. During the COVID crash, it went almost down to zero, and then it spiked all the way up to 9%. Today, we are around 3.6%. The lowest we've been in the last year or so has been just under 3%. So inflation has risen almost 70 basis points in the last two months. The Fed really has two primary tools in their arsenal. One is the Fed funds rate, or essentially the rate at which commercial banks borrow and lend their reserves to each other overnight. And this is set by the FOMC, essentially the Fed. The other tool that they have is anytime Jerome Powell or some of the Fed chiefs talk about their outlook on the economy. 
the market always anticipates what they're going to say, and then they tend to overreact to whatever is said. The equity markets anticipated a soft landing, and stocks were up quite a bit just before Powell announced his decision. As soon as the market heard that rates were going to be at a higher level for a longer period of time, the equities market did not like that. Stocks were down across the board. The following day, equities are down across the board and people are wondering what's next. For us real estate investors, lending relationships have been very important over the last two years. Banks are tightening their belts. They're not lending as much. Many banks have just closed lending altogether. And if you go to get a loan for something like office or ground up development, most banks do not have any appetite for that. Best ever listeners, you've heard me talk about this before. Lending relationships with small or regional banks are so important. And in times like these, I can't emphasize it highly enough that those lending relationships are what you need to be able to rely on to get your loans. Now, we've got a number of lending relationships with banks that we've done a lot of deals with, and even they are under pressure from their board, from their president on being very, very careful and diligent about what types of loans they lend on. If there's anything that we present that's vacant or it's a value add deal, it's going to be questioned very heavily. And for that reason, I'm an advocate of starting to use lending brokers. Now, historically, I never would have advocated using a lending broker just to get a little bit better terms and a lower rate on your loan. In today's lending environment, I am a huge advocate of using lending brokers because I've seen so many times where people are at the closing table and the lender pulls the deal at the last minute. Often lenders will say, yes, we can do this loan. They always want to be positive, but ultimately the decision has a process to go through. We've seen this time and time again where one of those decision-making hurdles, somebody says no to the loan and often the lender, for whatever reason, is slow to respond to the applicant and say, yes, we can't do this loan. Most of the time it's at the closing table. They find out the loan's not going to get done or the applicant has to reach out to the lender for an update and they find out that there's trouble, the, the loan's not going to get approved. For this reason, I want everybody that's going to apply for a commercial real estate loan to have two lenders plus a lending broker. So important because again, this environment is very unstable and decisions and lending appetites are changed every week. It's hard to predict where inflation is going to go, where interest rates are going to go. But something that nobody seems to be talking about is gas prices in OPEC. OPEC is cutting production because they think energy prices are in the slump. Now, if you look at West Texas crude oil, just three months ago, it was $67 a barrel. Today, it is almost $91 a barrel, up $1 just after the Fed's decision one day ago. Now, if I'm talking Greek, please, best ever listeners, just stay with me. Let's look at U.S. refining capacity. After the last few hurricanes we've had, after the slump in oil prices, a lot of refineries have shut down and not reopened. And because of that, the U.S. capacity of refining crude oil into gasoline has diminished while we're still near the capacity. What that means is the output production is lower but we don't have much room to increase refining 
oil into gas. Ultimately, what that means is there's a gap before when oil prices shot up, gas prices were very close in line to that chart. Today, there's a big gap when oil prices go up. The gap between oil and gas is quite a bit larger than it has been historically. OPEC is anticipating oil prices exceeding $100 per barrel. Now, the last couple times oil was at $100 a barrel was in 2008 and 2014, and both times gas was at $3.29 while a barrel of oil was $100. In 2022, oil was at $100 and gas prices were at $4.20, almost a dollar higher just six years later. My anticipation is that when oil very soon will hit $100 per barrel, gas prices are going to be close to $5 per gallon. Why is this important? This factors into inflation. If you remember, some of you best ever listeners were around and were investing in 2008 when gas prices were $4 a gallon. That was a huge strain on the economy. If gas prices hit $5 per gallon now, it will alter the decisions that we make. We're not going to drive as much. We're not going to shop as much. We're not going to go out to eat as much. Our entertaining options are going to be closer to home. Vacations will be down. RV sales are already down 52%. And if gas prices go up higher, that whole RV market is going to implode. This will have a trickle-down effect on the rest of the economy. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital dot the bam companies dot com ash you're all over the board what does all this mean all right so when gas prices go up cost of goods delivered will go up significantly as well everything we buy in the stores online will rise significantly this does not help our inflation problem the fed wants inflation down to two percent and rising gas prices can completely derail reducing inflation now we're heading into a perfect storm where people have less money to spend. They're not driving as much. They're not leaving home as much. And everything costs more money. Ash, a lot of people are talking about a soft landing. They're saying the worst is over. Again, my opinion is that we are just now heading into the storm. And when the gas prices are up, inflation's up, we are going to have job losses because people are spending less money. Best ever listeners, there is a silver lining here. At the end of every recessionary period, liquidity dries up. If you watch any financial news broadcast, read the Wall Street Journal, it talks about how much liquidity is sitting on the sidelines. Liquidity has to dry up. The liquidity was created from the printing of money. 
the Fed printed a ridiculous amount of money that was unsustainable, and now they've got to take that money out of circulation. Something else that no one seems to be talking about is for the first time ever, U.S. credit card debt has surpassed $1 trillion. This has never happened before. Now, couple that with rising interest rates, just because you're getting more money in your savings accounts, in your checking accounts, in your money market accounts, guess what? The credit card companies also get to charge a much higher interest rate for your outstanding balances on your credit cards. Now, let's think of the middle class. We have higher gas prices, higher food, commodity prices, inflation. Everything is going up. Their savings are at an all-time low almost. The lowest rate we've ever had for personal savings has been about 2%, and that was in 2005. However, in 2005, the economy was great. The interest rates were very low, so why would anybody save money? Let's go out and spend. We lived in prosperous times in 2005. Here we are in 2023. The savings rate is around 3.5%, also relatively an all-time low. Historically, it's averaged right around 10%. We've had some dips and spikes, but we're saving less. Our credit cards are at an all-time high, and we're heading into this storm. Best ever listeners, I've thrown a lot at you, so I'll wrap up with what my outlook is and what we're doing, knowing that there's uncertain times ahead of us. For one, we don't anticipate a soft landing. There's so much speculation. The Fed's going to try to give us a soft landing. The Fed is not concerned with a soft landing. They want to control inflation at all costs. And if that means taking liquidity out of the market, hurting the middle class, it is what it is. They have to control this out-of-control inflation. Keep an eye on any loans that you have maturing and try to find options before you hit that maturity date. At least stress test your finances knowing that if this loan resets, what does it do to my payments? What does it do to the asset? What does it do to my investors and the future outlook of this property? Keep looking for high quality value add real estate deals. And yes, your interest rates today are going to be seven, seven and a half percent on your loans, but that might be significantly higher six months from now. So if the deal works at today's interest rate, lock it in for a period of five years and know that you're going to be cash flowing at some point, hopefully in the future, when rates are lower, this asset will appreciate in value. But do not anticipate that within six months, within a year, the Fed will start reducing rates. Historically, we've had gaps last about three years from where the Fed started increasing rates to when they started reducing rates. And this go around, the Fed started increasing rates in March of 2022. So we're about a year and a half into it. So best ever listeners, there's a possibility that these higher interest rates will loom for another year and a half or so. So please don't anticipate rates coming down anytime soon. Stress test all of your deals. I don't want to see proformas where the arrow is going up and to the right. I want the arrow going down and make sure the deal still works with additional vacancy, reduced rents, and not being able to sell the property for a number of years. 
this doesn't mean sit on the sidelines because now sellers are going to get more and more desperate. We've got sellers where their loans are going to start to readjust to higher rates and they may want to offload some of their properties. So be an active buyer for great assets at great prices. Having dry powder in an environment where liquidity is going away will be immensely important. We talked about people's liquidity going away from high credit cards and increased gas prices, increased inflation, price of goods across the board going up. You will be in a great position if you've got a lot of dry powder. Now, you can only accumulate so much dry powder. So what do you do? You start getting investors prepped for what's ahead. Start a newsletter. Let people know you are anticipating a lot of pain coming up and there's going to be opportunities that come with that pain. And who wants to join me on this journey of picking up great assets on the rebound? Best ever listeners, there it is. This is my opinion. It has not wavered in the last year. I never anticipated a soft landing. I anticipate just like previous market corrections and recessions that we've had into that there's going to be a lot of pain. There's going to be job losses. There's going to be a liquidity crisis. And that's what we need as a reset to all the money that the Fed has printed. If there is a soft landing, you might as well rewrite all the economic books, rewrite the courses that you teach in college, because then nothing makes sense. You simply cannot have one of the longest bull runs, one of the most lengthy, prosperous times that we've had without a correction and a strong correction at that. Best ever listeners, thank you for listening to this podcast. I wish you the absolute very best going forward. Be conservative, stress test your deals, accumulate liquidity. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and Best Ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the Best Ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.